0: Hello and welcome to Comic Box Rumble. My name's Kofi Smiles, your resident smile maker. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode 2 of Box 4. Wow, Box 4. And we are going to be giving away the name of the winner of Box Number 3 at the end of the episode. So definitely stick around for that now we had the meet the team episodes that came out uh, over the past few weeks thank you very much for tuning in and listening we had some very very funny and interesting feedback and that was just our way of showing our wonderful listeners how bad people make a really good podcast anyway we're talking about time the big t now some of us get philosophical about this some of us get a little bit nostalgic and some of us get a little bit scientific in this episode, now it's up to you to make sense of that and who you thinks the more. In fact, make, send us in your suggestions to at Comet box but on Twitter and Instagram. But who do you think did what? And then let us know if you got your predictions right by the end of the episode uh, because it's this is a good one. I think there was a lot that you could have done with time because the comic book medium is very, very flexible and I think it's one of the best mediums to be able to play around with these type of concepts. So stick around. Like I said, we're going to be giving away the name of the winner at the end of the episode. So, uh, yeah, it could be you. Take care now. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, The clash! Let's go, Bob. See
1: you, Mitchell. Audio oh, is tingling. Victory!
0: Good work, soldier! Yeah. Oh. <sighs> right, okay. So, welcome back, guys, to the studio for Comic Box Rumble, episode two for Box Hall. Yes. yes. All right. So, we're going to be talking about TV, movies, comic books, pop culture, everything under that umbrella. How's it feel to be back? It's
1: good, man. very.
0: Last time we recorded, it was in a different studio
1: as well. Was, Didn't you v- no, 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 was it in that one? No, no, we did upstairs it upstairs. We, it in the we did the Oh, God, we that was weird, the, uh, isn't it? Did
0: they meet the team episode? It was very up close and personal. <laughs> Sorry, Hannibal Lecter. I'll <laughs> learn a bit more about each other. Yeah, which was... Uh, it was weird. You know, emotional <laughs> <old> flashbacks to <laughs> was, sitting it, in the dentist's surgery. And It was weird to just sit do it in that sort of space. It's like, oh, uh, i on top of each we other. We were
2: literally up close and personal as well as getting... Up close, close and close personal. One tiny
0: microphone and three of us all around it. Yeah, the sound quality was... yeah. But we've all it's got our so own mics right? we're all feeling privileged we're all feeling good there's been a lot that's been happening sort of in um, we've never
1: actually tell, told anyone where we actually do record from so we're allowed to or we're under like strict
0: security that we're not allowed to say I think about like the superheroes that we all love to read I think we should keep it like them and keep our base of operations a secret
2: I know some people think we actually record at my house good (laughs)
0: let them believe so if they come let the fans wait outside if they come rioting and say we want our boxes they can go to Jack's house and not come to beep because where we actually (laughs) record. I didn't actually say anything I just made the beeping sound so yeah Yeah, it's good it's good we're clearly
2: back with all our humour intact Yeah, yeah
0: we're hilarious people so how is australia <laughs> uh yeah so if anybody didn't know i've been in melbourne i don't you know it's no big deal i don't want to talk about it um it was amazing uh there's just a different vibe to the place you know what i mean i was there in the, within the first four days i lost my mobile standard so um found it again somehow got it back like 10 days later uh, went to my friend graham's wedding and went to one of my like one of my best friends james who about five, six years ago, loads of my friends moved to work. Moved to, they weren't travelling around uh, East Asia, you know, Thailand, Philippines, uh, Japan. Um, and then everybody sort of settled in us. Did the working visas. People started meeting partners, getting married and stayed. So I haven't seen a lot of those guys for about two years, two, three years. And Graham, a uh, good mate. Congratulations to Graham and Christy, by the way. Um, fantastic wedding. I was MCing the wedding, which is really interesting because usually weddings here in the UK, it's like... You've got the ceremony and then you got pictures and then you go to the next venue to, you know, have a bit of a drink, have your meal, then the speeches and all that sort of stuff. So let's say you're about four or five hours into the day and then you actually start to have the party whereas, like, you do the pictures first in Oz and then the ceremony, a couple of pictures again after, which takes, about, 20 minutes, and then the bride and groom come. You're welcoming the, you have to welcome in the, br- the bridal party and then the groomsmen and then the bride and groom, they do their dance, everybody gets involved so within like a couple of hours, everyone's just getting hammered. That's sweet. And mm-hmm. it was really, really good fun because after that we had like a, a day's break before we flew north to Cairns to Port Douglas which was like that was the bit that felt like a holiday because we were sitting in a hotel, we had our own pool and went hiking like did a lot of running, hanging around by the beach did a crocodile cruise, saw a crocodile which was like 14 feet long hench as fuck um, but Melbourne itself it was weird because everyone was at work, so then I had the days and mornings to myself, so I'd get up, do a bit of reading, go for a run, and then go explore the city in the suburbs. And the people I met were absolutely fantastic. It's got really good coffee and cafe culture. There's vegan food everywhere. Is, like, is it, it, it like Australia's hipster city? Uh, I wouldn't say it's hipster. Yeah, it's pretty hipster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hipster. But it's, uh, everyone's just very friendly. I know it just felt nice. Um felt very comfortable there, and it was nice to kind of... I haven't been abroad in three years to take a step back and just sort of get used to being able to not feeling I have to do any work. I did do some work. I did a couple of videos out there where I got Australians to try chip spice and them to wreck to whole slang. Um, how, did chi-
1: how did the chip spice go down?
0: Uh, they loved it. They've got Wait. something similar, like which is like a chicken spice, which is a paprika salty thing. That's very similar. Yeah, this is the country they came pref- up with Vegemite, so they're going to like. Vegemite's awesome. Stuff I love it. Um, <laughs> and then, but um, yeah. And a lot of them really, really like the chip spice. They said yeah. it's better, but they said it's a bit it, Nando. It's tomato thing. powder. What in? I don't
2: want to ruin chip spice. No,
0: there's nobody really knows what's in it. I know there's MSG in it. That's, <laughs> what, that's right. what makes it taste so good. Um, but yeah, they loved it, and they loved a lot of the whole slang. So they've got um, one of them was twagging. Like one of the quite one of the boards, the cards I gave them to say was okay um. Bains, what does Baines mean and like, oh can you give us it in a sentence I was like I'm glad you said that because on the next card I've got another bit of whole slang that I want you to guess it goes oh, the Baines keep twagging and they were like what twagging twagging I said the Baines keep twagging and keep like, twagging down twagging. yeah. And they're <laughs> like twagging Keep
2: twagging down ten foot. Keep. Yeah.
0: But I had ten foot in there as well. so uh, I'm lacking down ten foot. That was the one I put in. Um and they're like, beans what's a bane? So I said, Oh, you know, um you you look after and they're like, Oh, it's a kid, so you know someone who's young and then twagging. And I said, If the beans keep twagging, what is that? And then someone's like, Well, we have a word I'm not gonna do an Australian accent, but like we have a word where like when you're missing school, it's wagging, and I was like, "Yeah," and goes, "Oh," and they were like, "Oh my god, you guys have like put a—that's an American accent—you <laughs> guys have put a T in front of it, you know what I mean?" And it was, it was no, they quite probably cool. took took a T away. Yeah, but yeah, which is the cool. Yorkshire thing?
1: is taking a T away, isn't it?
0: <laughs> so, wagging, but uh, yeah, it was, it was nice, and their comic book culture—and I stress the word culture. This is what I said to anyone who's interested in comics. I'd say that Melbourne has got a strong culture. They've got. I went to six places. Two of them, which um, remember Electronics Boutique. Yes. So EB is EB Games out there. Um, yeah, that's in
1: America. It's EB Games. Oh, it used to be. Now they, it's GameStop. I think Jack
0: said he saw GameStop in Canada. Yeah. I think GameStop have bought bought them out. This is what G- GameStop's um, now in Ireland. So it's probably be before long before it's over here. And they don't have Game. They did have Game, but Game's gone. Um, and the EB Games place has. Although just
2: tripping. it has like that second layer,
0: doesn't it? Where yeah, it's like so you go geek underneath. Geek stuff downstairs. Yeah. So it's all like, Game Memorabilia. Some some comics, like small shelf comics. You know how it used to like have like H V sort of yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah, But then it's all like pops and items and you know key rings and all that extra stuff. Yeah, yeah everything around the culture up as a as opposed to actually having comic books. Um, so can't do can like the like first floor
1: Forbidden Planet where you've got like, the comics underneath, but on the top floor you've got all the
2: yeah, but gaming upstairs and, and gaming that well. top yeah. four fucking planet downstairs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and without the comics. It was they were quite cool, but then I got taken to a few comic book shops, which are proper legit shops. And as we went down, like this, l- the line of shops that um, David and Lachlan. By the way, I want to say a big thank you to uh David to and Lachlan Bedford because I put a message out to the Planet Broadcasting group and says, "Anybody want to hang out? Show me the nerdy sites of Melbourne." David answered the call, you know what I mean? He saw the bat signal, the curfew smile signal in the sky, and, you know, took notice of it. It was like, yeah, I'll show you around. And then in one of the comic book shops, which is Comics R Us, um, we we were just chatting with people, and we bumped, bumped into Lachlan, and then I was just chatting to these guys and then I met up with Lachlan later on and we went on another sort of, like, wander. and he's the one that helped me we the video and we spent a lot of time back in comics I was just chatting with each other, recommending books. He gave me a really good breakdown of what's going on with DC Rebirth, which has got me very excited to read some books. By the way, no justice, Lachlan, if you're listening. Oh my God, it's so good. Jack is looking away like, oh, how can, you like that? how can you say that kind of stuff like... He's looking like I've just put a huge spoon of Vegemite in his mouth. And <laughs> me- probably quite like yeah, Vegemite. Do you know what I mean? But it was, yeah, it's really good. There's some DC books. Like I said on our Instagram story, I'm going to be delving a bit more into reading some DC novels. But yeah, it's like...
1: What, what's big in Australia? What's like, what was top of the... Like, top of the... Not charts, but what... Is it same, kind of similar over here? They got Marvel and DC, the two big ones. The, does Image have a big presence over in Australia?
0: But what, when I was talking to like, um, uh, Lachlan, he's reading a lot of stuff across the board. But he seems—he knew—he seems to know a lot about a lot more. Of the India, I don't know, image, um, Vertigo aren't necessarily image publishers, but he knew a lot about those guys. Yeah. But he knew a lot about what was going on in DC, and he was working his way through um, Marvel stuff as well. David's reading a lot of Marvel stuff, but he's also making an effort to read DC stuff. And it seemed that when I was asking other members of, and other customers in the shops and the guys that were running the shop, itself, can you recommend anything to me? Everyone was always going for some sort of indie book. No, no one was saying, oh, check this Marvel one, check this DC one. And I don't know whether that's because you're in a comic book shop already and they're assuming you're going to be reading something from the big two anyways. Yeah. And I was like, can you show me, what you, What would you recommend me to read? What? And I was like, C- what's a good number one or what's a good story? And there was a few of them where they were like, oh, this has come, but this is like five issues in you won't get issue one of that and stuff, so... I think it's probably
2: a multi-layered thing. I think part of that is you probably are reading the Marvel DC book if you're in a comic book shop, Uh Second is, is it sort of hipster mentality where... Um, you want to recommend the most obscure thing. You're too cool for Marvel and DC, so I'm going to recommend this because this is what... Uh, and then it's probably a bit of, legitimately, people should read more indie books, so let's recommend indie yeah. books. Like We don't need to do marketing for Marvel and DC, they can handle that. Yeah, but us time. as comic book readers can go, read this indie book, it's if it's as good as, if not better, yeah. than Marvel and DC. Like there's
1: 2000 ADs, that have much of a presence there, or...
0: Yeah, to be, I wasn't looking. If no. I rep- it's be reprinted anyway
1: on it, probably. Yeah, it could be. I know because um, boom, would reprint a bit. Of yeah. Their but
0: stuff. what what do you think was interesting in the in comics R US? If you're facing the till, where you're going to pay for your books and stuff like that, be- directly behind you is a spread of um, some of the best indie books that are currently in print. That so there might be like three or four issues of that book on the shelf at a time. And they had, like, a big presence. So you might have the big DC wall on one side, but then you look on a smaller wall next to it, there's going to be indie books on sale, and then another DC thing where the trades are, and then then a shelf of indie trades, and then the same thing with Marvel, indie trades. So they were always inserted into spaces where they know people are going to go and see. Mm. which I thought was quite nice. I was already interested in the layout of stores because it's like, you know, when you go into a supermarket, what's the first thing they try and sell you? What's the first thing you see? When you go into Comics R Us, you're going up the stairs, all these posters and banners and you're seeing a cabinet of stuff that they don't sell, which is old toys and stuff from Ghostbusters and Star Trek and Batman. They've got the classic Batman stuff that looks like it's jumped straight out of a robot chicken episode. And it just felt like all the t- all the um, figures in the... Because ca- remember I was doing on the interim story the, cabin- the figures in the cabinets yeah. and stuff. It just felt like... It was about the culture. It was about yeah. comics first and foremost, and everything that came from it. Rather than let's gonna start think, let's start showing everything around comic books, and then look at comic books itself. It's
2: quite interesting you mentioned that about uh, like point of sale stuff. Like you don't hear anything about companies influencing point of sale in shops. Like I've worked in a the supermarket. They get a sheet which printed out says how they need to lay out certain shelves. Yeah. Like. Yeah comic book interest don't have that so it's up to a lot of shops to actually
1: i suppose really for comics though, cause they all kind of cost the same amount of money in a way don't they it's just a case of
2: but besides sending out purses and yeah. the occasional giveaway could could the companies be doing more to help the actual shops advertise I within the shop
1: i suppose that be dialed down to diamond though weren't it because it, it all goes through one company doesn't it which i suppose makes it harder to have a
2: can they be
0: doing yeah. more than just posters? Oh, could be, yeah. But that's and why social media has yeah, the big presence. Social it? media, but that's then how do you advertise? Um... I mean,
2: within the shop, so that like certain placement for certain books. Or um... I
1: suppose like, if you don't really get many chain comic book shops, apparently from the end of the big ones like Forbidden Planet,
2: things travel like that. Man, in travel, yeah. I but mean... Then, but you could still it, get,
0: advice, it, it, get advice, couldn't you? But yeah, but sure, again, yeah. it's, it's like what Jack was saying. It is. It's posters. So like comics are yeah. rusted. Just like loads of posters on what well, X Men. You're. Um Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, but then there was stuff like... Um, I was shocked to see, like, a Chew poster. Chew hasn't been on sale for years. It's, it's been out... It's, it ended a long time ago, but it's there, and it was just a celebration of what they have yeah. in store.
2: Especially trade shelves. Is there, is there a way to make trade shelves better? Because most shops, it's just spines. Mm. Have you ever bought a book? Cause
0: the spine looked really nice. No. Yeah. And it's annoying, like, oh... Pulling could, them out, so. Is that
2: just
1: comic book stores though? Because if you go to a bookshop, you don't really get much things like like a you uh, get
0: you get
2: tables with yeah, faces yeah You get recommendations on shelves, and Front yeah, window, you'll, yeah, you'll see but that. That's, in, a
0: ca- that's a question of space though. You'll see that in yeah. comic yeah. book shops. Some comic book shops are tiny. Could
2: they be giving gardens? Could they be giving incentives like but put this face up and we'll give you? X amount for this. Value. Is the I'm I'm asking the Did question. You, I'm not saying the answer. You look at
0: Leeds traveling, man. Did you go? You have you been in there recently? Um, then no, middle. I, mid, I know they've moved into a bigger store now. So you know they've moved a few Atma- doors yeah. down.
2: Atmosphere is gone. It's not moved. They've just knocked through next door. Oh really? So it's board games in one hour. Yeah, in the, the and the atmosphere is just.
0: They you know, had that tiny little space and that main table in the middle. I was always surprised that how are they managing to get so many pops so many random Dragon Ball Z assembled figures and also random books and trades that I might, ne- ne- might not never have seen and I, now that you mentioned it I never really picked up on it but I always thought oh what's on the- I'm looking what's forward been- to seeing what's on the middle that's table a- in Travelling that's Man. a
2: conscious effort but could shops be incentivised to do things like that. So you're thinking, I mean,
1: how can Marvel do something to make people pick up more? Yeah, or Marvel just influence or, them yeah.
2: or uh, encourage them or to give them ideas of what. I think be social
1: media should do that. Cause it's a free way of trying to get it
0: out of there. Did you, know, yeah. did you see anything like that when you was in Canada? Um, thinking now because you don't pick on this on this episode, but now that you're thinking about it, was yeah, there, anything there was there
2: was one big shop which was above another shop and it had a cafe in it. I can't I can't remember the name off my head, and they had like a like again a middle aisle which had books. The other way up mm. um obviously i went in some of the like the bargain book shops which had like rows of second-hand comics up on the top which had some tables like that but that was mainly just like flick boxes lots of flick boxes um it just seems a bit silly looking at spans doesn't it mm. Mm.
1: do you think something comes down to like the owner or manager of a club book shop is what he likes to read that he's going to push that more than what
2: yeah, it does. And he's but gonna like, order
1: it if he likes something. He'll know his clientele. You could, so. argue,
2: you could argue the same about like Top Shop. Yeah, Top Shop, they choose what lines they stock in the whole store. Really? Yeah, there's like a There's a larger catalog. Each one will have the same stuff in. They'll have the same basic but, stuff because but, of size but constraints but like, or size constraints and lines they don't want to run. And other, what
0: they think that people are going to buy. Other
2: shops will do the same, and but they'll still get influence from their main office about how to sell that like what stuff to put on mannequins what stuff to put. yeah so they could be they could be sent i don't know five free volumes of a certain book to stand on till side and as long as you can prove you've sold it on the till side you'll get it for x-ray or something is there other things companies can do to help the mm. shops once you're in the shop to pick up that extra book.
0: I don't know if you're listening, and you know, you have any ideas. You know, let us know on the uh, on the Twitter, let us know on Instagram at Comic Box Rumble because this is a very interesting discussion. How do we
1: advertise comics?
0: Within comics, yeah, within comic book shops.
1: How do you advertise to a comic book ge- geek?
0: What to get? Because s- normally, it just
1: goes by. If we're going to buy something, we'll go by who the writer is, who the, yeah. who, the who the artist
2: is. But if if you if you at the counter's busy, who's going to tell you to pick up a different book because mm-hmm. you might like it? Yeah. Like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not answering. I'm not saying there's any answers. But no. I'm just saying it's the questions other industries are asking about. I mean, sometimes I've picked up
1: things because, say, comicsology is giving away. They always give away free comics every month, so I might because I'll download them and have a quick read through them all, and then you might think, "Oh, that's quite good." So I'll go back to it and start reading it more and more. I think the last big thing I did for that was Southern Bastards. Again, it was Jason Aaron, which obviously the name kind of brings yeah, yeah. the first issue was free. So I just only read it just because it was free, and it was
0: really, really good. Do you think Image do something quite similar with the free one dollar? With the, they, do the yeah. they do the one dollar. They do the one dollar thing, like and they're first. usually on the carousel, aren't they? Yeah.
2: And there's things like, um, like say, if you're looking at the Jason Aaron run of Thor on on a trade shelf, should there be a book facing the other way, which is one of Jason Aaron's other books? Yeah. Well, sometimes because if you've can, been yeah. in there for Thor yeah. and you're not necessarily a Jason Aaron th- fan, you're just a loyal Thor fan. Mm. And then you you've enjoyed the book, and then you see oh there's another just Aaron book, like you can't always instead of grouping things by not John but say like it can't have all the
1: instead of all the Incredible Hulk books being together and all the Thor books being together you do it by art it by oh and you it.
2: mix it up so it's in Hulk but when you get to the section which is by this right yeah. now, there's another one of his books just yeah. facing the other way, so you can sort of like see. Yeah. Because
1: because one thing he had at amazing fancy was is that Paul had it for a, a while was have the spinning rack, but just all stuff based on the Netflix TV series.
0: Oh, that was cool. So, but he changes the racks, doesn't he? He just yeah. Changes, yeah. Right. But he always oh, has a kind of like. theme, he does
1: have a kind of theme though going for them though, doesn't he? No, to no. try and get people if you like this, then try.
0: And then he does all the. He, I like how he has all the the cheaper trades, you know the 750 to 9 quid yeah, yeah. trades that are like obviously Morning Glory is what you want or like Southern Basses is on and there. he has them bookcases Dead which classes. feel like his
2: highlights yeah
0: yeah,
2: no, yeah your bookcases yeah, which yeah. feel yeah. towards the weeklies yeah. yeah they feel like curated choice of what's on offer yeah. isn't it
0: yeah that's cool That uh, okay so this week uh, topic is all about Time. that one thing that could, that screws us over no one has any control over at all especially which especially I think what, curf- especially curf- curf- me, in his 15 minute report uh, which I think because time is so elusive it affects everyone kind of in the same way but differently anytime people write stories about it and ways to control it and things going wrong I think that's why there's endless versions of Time traveling tales and where things are going wrong and ethics and morality. So, you know, it's always going to be something along with time that is going to be kicking around as long as people are going to be telling stories. So, we've decided to cover it ourselves today. I don't know how you guys are going to do it. I was, I had a few different ideas, but then I decided to scale it down and settle on one thing uh, and propose a few philosophical questions to. You guys here in the room and everyone else that's gonna be listening. Um I don't know who's going first. It's Tom. It's me to go first. Is it? I have
1: got a small introduction to play. I might just have to play it through my phone onto the microphone. Is it music? Kind of, yeah. Or is it like a little bit of both. Quote. A little bit. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. If I will not get anyway if I get t- giving hunts. Put, put, put it to the speaker and put it to the speaker, if not, I can try and later. Do it in person. Do you want me to mm-hmm. am I setting the timer? Yeah, set to 15 minutes. It's, it's all part of it's all part the same thing. I was
0: gonna suggest Do we gamble? Does anyone want to gamble some time for this report?
2: Gamble some time. time. We're not giving you, like, another ten minutes
0: No, no, I was going to say, you can... I was going to write... I was going to say, we write down and you can pick out a... do my report in five, ten or fifteen minutes. Just add a bit of spice to the um, time report. And, like, it's up
2: to you. You've thrown this
0: on us. Yeah, that's like a full on last minute
1: thing. Wild card, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Go for it. Do you want to go for it? Yeah. That's what we're doing then. Well, should I we just do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and 20 minutes then? Then we've all got the same time. You're kind of giving up... One person's giving up five minutes of them to go on to somebody else's. What, to see who does... So one person does 20 minutes. One person does fi- the staple 15. Either one does 10. So you are giving up What You've got to run the risk of giving up five minutes of your time.
0: Or you run the risk of gaining, gaining gain, five. Yeah. That's a good idea. Right, and do if the person who
2: doesn't do the 20 minutes... They have to they have to forfeit, forfeit some, which we'll figure for out. Later. What, five so minutes get, off the next week. You
0: have to do twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you, you lose you do twenty minutes. And you, you lose, lose five lose. minutes next week. If oh, you, you do have
1: it. to do twenty minutes. Actually, no, that's not much or, right.
0: you, or you have to. Do, or you lose five minutes. I don't know. Yeah. We'll yeah. think of something. No, that's. that's, that's I've, I've got to have
1: about. I do get twenty minutes. I'm not prepared <laughs> for this.
0: <laughs> no one was prepared for this. Right. Everyone unravel. Nobody look. Nobody look.
1: I'll you've Done
0: this. All right. Who's got what?
1: I hate you, bro. <laughs> yeah, what
0: well, you got, 20 minutes? you got 20 minutes. Tom, what have you got?
1: Oh, I've got 15, Steph. <laughs> so you
0: got 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> so He's still going to run over. If you don't
0: keep within 10 minutes, then means you have to forfeit. Yeah, yeah. You, well, we're basically, we're just on a raffle to see how long everyone's time's going to be today. Uh, Tom's got 15 minutes. I've got 10 minutes. Jack's got 20. Now, if I come in a minute under... Uh, my over. time today mm. Or over well, Mate, You're gonna not going to come in just under are you
1: You're going to come in over No matter what
0: I, How can I come in over Because the business is going to yeah, go Yeah, um, Yeah fair enough Yeah you won't have finished there Will you say anything You will finished yeah, there Will you We shall see uh, So if I come in a minute <laughs> under I have to do a fourth I lose five minutes next week yeah. And if Jack comes in a minute under His 20 minutes allocated time Which he didn't oh. know about Before we actually started <laughs> this um, He's got four for next week as well So he might only have 10 minutes <laughs> Okay so Tom With his gracious 15 minutes Yes Go on then. Okay, go for it.
1: Right, so, time. Time in pop culture can cover so many different things. So many different movies have played them on time travel. Some films we've talked about a lot before in the past, films like Back to the Future, Bill and Ted. I think in the 90s you had a bit of a spat of crappy time-travelling films, like Time Cop. Stargate. Things like that. Stargate was another. Got, I'm telling these are good. Hello?
0: I'm saying the it went
2: time travel. Is
1: it what? Interdimensional? Well, went to the, interdimensional, but, yeah. I, thought I think it was, did, some of it, yeah. it didn't start going time travel, though, was it? Always just interdimensional. It was. No, it went to a different... No. It was them who, like, built the pyramids, but I didn't know some time aspects was put into the TV series of it. I can't remember.
2: Maybe at some point in the shows. I can't remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, obviously, time play has always been a very popular thing in pop culture. I mean, in terms of if you look at the comics as well, I think is Cable the most famous of all the time travelling what, in comic book, and, in in any comic book,
2: I famous probably yeah yeah I can't
1: but there's also Cable
0: Bishop uh, Bishop as well Can. yeah Can yeah. Lincoln, yeah just general X Men stuff God, yeah I can't stop messing with the timeline mutants sorry yes. Um but obviously the whole thing about time travel is it then also affects things I'm
1: guessing how other people might then talk about later on is ethical questions need to answer um, I believe you also talked about once before about um, Jupiter's was it Jupiter's rise and Jupiter's circle but going Ju- back in time to Affect the, fu- affect the future. Jupiter's Legacy. Jupiter's Legacy, or was it?
0: Well, no, they tell two stories, like yeah. the modern-day one, and they tell another yeah. one about yeah. what was happening with them growing yeah. up. So it always answers ethical things. Anyway, what I'm going to talk about today
1: is a TV series. <gasps> now, I'm going to have confession here. When we did the comic book TV series, mm. I missed up and completely forgot, so I did a report for this TV series not realising it was based on comic books. <sighs> T- so, so, I did, so I did a full report... On something we didn't, I didn't actually talk about at the end, and then I had to wing it. So my Batman report was completely wing off the cuff during the entire thing. What, the. When I did Batman 66. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't prepared for that. I prepared for something completely different because I got it mixed up. I didn't realize it had to be comic book themed. Oh, okay. So I cocked up completely. Right. But luckily, as time is going round in circles, <laughs> I kept it aside, ready for another box. So I'm going to play the introduction. Hi. Any guesses what it could be? Already, Doctor Who.
0: Is it Doctor Who? What about Doctor Who actually?
1: No, it's not Doctor Who.
0: Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. Oh, bloody Lovely. Google adverts. That's based oh. on what you've what been
2: searching, searching? Tom. Uh. Google <laughs> Analytics is. Quantum Leap. Leap. Oh, I haven't seen this for
0: years. It's good. I used to love it. He used to on 2 didn't he? Yeah.
2: But once went
0: wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be home. Man, I, yeah, I remember this. Now, I if, now, if
1: I got 20 minutes, I would have played the full introduction just then to help pad it out a little bit, but luckily
2: I didn't do. <laughs> it's good. I'm sorry, still giggling at the advert. Yeah.
1: <laughs> genital yeah, wars. looking at genital wars. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Don't touch anything, Tom. <laughs> so, anyway, I am talking about Quantum Leap.
2: Yes, because Quantum
1: Leap is an awesome TV series. Now, probably, if anyone here was born in 1989 or after, will probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I was about. born ninety nine and I watched a lot. They
0: did a repeat sort, didn't they? On, yeah, right? it a to, to BBC, it I've all. seen. It, it was a staple part on. of
1: a BBC Two 25 past six it's show. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it fitted right until seven o'clock. That kind yeah. of time frame where you could cut out all the adverts and it fit perfectly. That in was the same
2: minutes. Star Trek. F- shows buffy yeah. all the cult shows were on after the simpsons at 25 past six yeah. for like the rest of that hour exactly, or so,
1: yeah think. so it was a good staple showing there so originally quantum leap aired from march 1989 to may 1993 over five seasons it was created by donald p bellarazzo which i cannot pronounce his name properly who had before then Created Magnum PI.
0: Oh right,
2: he's big TV producer, produced a lot. He did do a lot of
1: things. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact for this one is he did want to do a crossover episode where Doctor Beckett leapt into the body of um, Tom Selleck's character in Magnum PI, but unfortunately never came to fruition. But that that would have been a brilliant one (laughs) because I just looked in so well, just looking in the mirror and just and obviously during this period as well, Tom Selleck was one of the biggest actors around (laughs) at that time.
0: Tom Bloody Selleck.
1: It was indeed. Yeah. So anyway, Stad Scott Bakula as Doctor Sam Beckett and Dean Stockwell as his. As his guide as um, Admiral Al, uh, well, Al really, or Al Cavici. Um He won numerous awards, including Emmys, Golden Gloves and Directors Guild Awards. So it was a very, very popular show. Now, it was originally developed... Because they wanted to do an anthology show, what was kind of big in the 60s and the 70s, where every episode was something different. It wasn't quite interlinked in, really. You used to have the you know, kind of like your Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt, those kind of things. Something anyone could just go and watch there and not really have any backstory towards it or anything like that. But that wasn't very really popular during this time frame. The studio executives wouldn't go for that. So they kind of then developed this idea of some you then just jumping from... Different time periods, different time periods, in different um, different surroundings, and just seeing how this outsider really kind of goes into the situation and how they cope with it and what they have to do. Mm. Um, so the whole point is that he has to try and put right what once went wrong. So he's trying to change somebody's life to make it better. They've like they've done a fuck up somewhere, so he has to then you know try and correct that so that their future and the future of mankind then will get better and better. So that's how he kind of works. I mean, the first episode, he leaps into the body of a jet fighter pilot who has to be like the first person to hit Mach 3. But he can't fly a plane, he's got what a recurring jerk is throughout the entire thing, he's got Swiss cheese memory because he's got that many holes in his brain. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know who he is or what he's doing. He does kind of combat back over time, but especially in this first episode. He has no idea what's happened. He just knows, kind of part of him knows that he just was in the future or was in what his present and is now in the past and doesn't know what to do. Okay. He doesn't understand why the, he's looking in the mirror and not seeing him. And then all of a sudden you've got Al who just keeps appearing and disappearing out of nowhere.
0: So he could actually be like, I actually have no idea what's going on, or
1: is yeah. this actually even happening? Yeah. But then he's got all these people then relying on him, and the same like Al was saying to him, look, the only way you're going to like you know, originally the whole thought was, he has to help this person out. Once he's done it, the whole point, the thing of the show was, he can then go home afterwards. He's done something good. He's helped someone in the past, he can go home, and then you know, kind of, and the whole what their concept was. Well, in the sh- the concept of the show was, he can then travel back in time, helps me out, and as soon as he's done it. He'll be back in his own time frame. Mm. But unfortunately that doesn't happen. He then leaps from body to body to body to person to person to person. Or within the, the boundary is that he's somewhere within his whole lifetime. There's been one or two times where they've kind of bent that one is where he ended up in the Civil War, um playing the part of his great great grandfather, something That's like that. That's quite cool. Yeah. So then that has a massive knock on effect on what could happen to him in the future.
0: Oh fuck yeah.
1: Yeah. So um and then there's also one time period as well where um when he's leaping Hey, there's a lightning strike going on and him and Al both get struck by lightning so Al then becomes in the body of the person and then he becomes the guide but there's a whole ethical dilemma then of like well he can now go home has he now paid his dues enough that he can now just return back to the to the present mm. and do it that way but obviously because they're both good guys really yeah. at the end it just kind of reverses itself around there um,
0: Honest policy
1: yeah, Exactly, yes but I mean during the whole thing as well he plays a number of different roles a number of different different characters different people different species at one point at one point he plays a
0: gorilla how did how did they how did they show that because in um, when he takes a when he takes over someone else's body he's in their clothes I remember when he was like a a he woman. has to play woman, and he has to put like the lipstick on he his, and he the walks one, yeah. around his day day hair day today, in high heels and a skirt and stuff like that. Obviously, depending the, the on what kind The kind of it's, it's one, of, it's one of these way? things
1: where it just changes for the. Sh- it changes to how the story develops. Like there's one way he's playing, like some state. In sometimes he leaps into someone, and he has his own body, his own build. Like there's one way he plays a um Hanan um, uh an officer who's um, lost both his legs, right. but he can still land up stand up and walk about. So somebody sees him and sees him with his legs disappearing. So he's like, it's floating, really, in their opinion. Oh, but he's actually right. walking. But another time, he's playing a pregnant woman, and it's more or less implied then that he could give birth to the baby.
2: Right? Okay. So it's very much what suits the star. It, it at is. That yeah. It's, it's a proper
1: late eighties, early nineties. It just applies to the don't situation. Ask really. do questions. It's, so- yeah. <laughs> don't ask questions. You just kind of get kind of get through on don't that whole. Don't ask questions. Um, but then it kind of goes through to like in some cases he'll play someone of a different colour and things like that so he's like kind of getting thrown into the civil rights movement it's right. like and it's kind of asking questions like well you're a white guy how can you apply it?
0: they don't black him up do they no no they don't oh, black right, him up no no that. no there's no
1: black enough there's no black jeez, enough jeez right. yeah that'd be going a bit That's going a bit too far there Um but there's full of Easter eggs during the whole time, where he get, has run-ins with famous people. Right. So he, he sees a small child, and he starts, shows him a dance move. It turns out that small child is um, Michael God. Jackson. No. And he's teaching him the moonwalk. No! Yes. Yeah. No! Um, he meets a young chap and says, do you know where money is? It's in real estate. And that was the Donald Trump. Oh, okay, OK. Oh, yeah. Um... But there's also some big things that some big knock-on effects. Like, he saves Ma- he plays Marilyn Moore's um, limo driver at one point. Yeah. And she's like... This is like to her when she's like... you know, known as being like a uh, a flirt and things like that. Yeah. And she kind of throws it at him and he rejects her. But she has a, a drugs overdose in it. and uh, But he saves her from this drugs overdose. Uh. But however, in this reality... He saves her so she can then stand the miss, which is her last movie. So, in his reality, she never started that film because she had the drugs overdose a few years beforehand. Yeah. So, in this kind of like, so he's going kind to of correct the timeline to how we remember it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, so it would have been different. Um, A, a big example of the, how this also plays out there's um, a Triple Bill episode where it's all revolves around the assassination of JFK. Right. They are
2: fantastic. Yeah. Like, so, you play, like, the first really
1: episode good. is like. How the episode always ends is the the last the last scene of an episode will be him going into the next thing mm. and see who he's leapt into and just there's always the oh boy thing and then this one he looks down he saw the newspaper holding a rifle it was like the classic Lee Harvey Oswald post just before he kills JFK so
0: he goes into Lee Harvey Oswald yeah in the
1: third one. but then and then what else happens is then that the person he leaps into then goes into the future yeah in what they call the waiting room but because of Lee Harvey Oswald's like mind is so strong it then starts filtering back into dr beckett's mind so then right. he starts thinking like him so it's not like oh well, i'm just not going to kill
0: him it's as simple as that yeah but then it also you know, his intent that, is so heavy yeah. that it bleeds through into what is actually doesn't sentence. it end but, up
2: that like has to maintain yeah wait well, he, he then he
1: did when he's not him when he pulls the trigger he then leaps into other people as well who don't like a bodyguard as well i think it's been a while since i've seen any other people who were like around that area at the time jfk still gets shot but then it turns out that he was there to stop jackie kennedy from getting shot
0: Oh, like, so that was the wise.
1: whole so again it was this whole thing of like so because you kind of think so it didn't make any big major change on anything like that but that's how they kind of put it around and again it's kind of going to the ethical dilemma of how do you stop this person from getting killed do you mm-hmm. stop this person from getting killed because it have a massive influence on the rest of the you never know what, how history yeah, going to turn out because then they always say things like if he has this change then Russia wins the space race it constantly then becomes a part of like a Soviet plan, which obviously yeah. for the communists is so yeah. therefore bad. Okay, and I mean that's, this is one, another thing that kind of happens on is over time you then find out there's an evil leaper who tries to who does the opposite of what he's kind of then doing the things right that you know trying to undo things what that Sandvik's done. Like at one point he actually re-leaks it back into somebody because she's gone and wrecked what he, the work he has done. Um, so you got hair and with hair evil guide and then they're thinking right we've got to keep putting things wrong otherwise we're going to be stuck here forever and end mm. up in hell or something like that but in the end then they both end up in a prison he managed to convince the evil leaper to not do things that's not the right way yeah so then the person who's observing who's following her then goes into the accelerator so, th- so then she becomes a leaper as well right and i think in the end she, i think they kill her off at the end because it, it turns out like she then becomes like the warden of this prison which them two were birth in in so do little things like that. It don't
0: any it last for so many episodes, but just a way you know to keep the whole thing. Yeah, ref- just like consequences. You yeah, because sometimes it's like, oh well, it's just going to go into someone else's body anyway. So you know, how do, why does it matter? Yeah.
1: And there's like one way he leaps into the body of Al. Um, so the whole there, point, uh, yeah. So the whole point is then to try and stop, um, somebody of Al knows from getting murdered, and then somebody else gets you know, accused. And then in the end, it turns out like she still gets killed, but then Al gets put on trial for it he accidentally gets help on tried it. And then like, the whole thing's going forward so like, I've got a 98% chance of getting convicted and 99% convicted. And then it says 100% and it stops the, and it, then Al's now played by some English guy, like completely different. Right. And who like refers to things in a different way and he gets confused. And because then Al's now dead because he was put on death row for killing this person, mm. he then starts forgetting who Al is. So then he's like, whilst he's trying to remember it, he's then got to try and find evidence then as Al to like, you know, exhuming him but then the whole twist in the end of it was because I think in the end it was a drink driving accident what got killed he then because Al is then waiting in the waiting room the grown up Al tells him puts him back in the accelerator because they've advanced it they've like pinpointed where he needs to go to to actually then stop the death from happening in the first place to say right you're going to leap into yourself you're going to forget everything you know just remember this one thing stop her from getting in the car Mm. so in the end then they stop her from from doing that and like things finish you know things finish happily ever after for that, that kind of instance yeah but then kind of going back then to the last episode this is where like the kind of big things kind of happen because in the last episode don't make it la- leaps into himself but not himself like at another point in his life he like leaps into himself now
0: so he leaps into him himself, himself in a leap
1: yeah but it leaps at the exact time he was born right at least into a bar there, um, where all people who's helped from the past all come on, but all playing different characters. Into, where? into a bar, into a bar, and like in a, in a mining Conley yeah. It's all even to people, all who like you know, everyone who he knows, everyone he recognises everyone, but they're all from different points. Oh. Uh, the, uh, this is the final <laughs> episode. This is the final episode. Yeah, and the whole well, kind of cut a long story short. Then he then finds out this bartender he thinks he's God because he always calls whoever. Is leaping him, but they never quite know who's leaping first. The person, to person. Yeah. They think it's God, um, but it turns out that because Al was a bit of a womanizer, he got married four times. All because of his first wife thought he was dead, he was killed in action during the Vietnam War. And there was an earlier episode where he meets up with her, um, but he he could Al tries to tries to convince and tell her not to that her fiance. He never tells her who his fiance is, but tries to tell her that her fiance hasn't been killed in Vietnam. He's just a POW. But then he turns out he puts two and two and says, oh, he can't tell her that because it's breaking the timeline you mm. like mess up the timeline completely so he never does it so that's the, like the one regret that something where he's not helped somebody out he's not helped at Al so he managed to work himself out to leap then back to where he was before and he then tells her that Al's still alive so then face to black and then says Beth never remarried her and I've been married for 40 years and have oh, four shit. children but then it's Dr Sam Beckett never returned home
0: oh no and that's the
1: last and it just shows them two together in a bar and then that's it that was the last scene and that's how it ended.
2: But there's been constant talks of a movie or a reboot, and I want one. <laughs> there was time... With, there was close to a reboot.
1: Yeah. Source Code was almost a rebooted movie, so much so that he plays the role of... Um, I can't remember, father's role, but he plays the role of him, so when he rings him with a phone, he says, Dad, it's me, and you just hear her... Oh boy, down the side of the phone—it's like a. Was that? A is that mod. an
2: actual thing? Or Was it just like little um, Easter eggs for people who understand that the concept is it, very
1: similar? It, 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 no, one of the concepts was it was plans have been a constantly movie. a lot for a long time in, um, like in Limbo, it was going to be his daughter then jumps into Accelerator trying to find trying to find him, and that was going to be the whole premise of the new show was going to be
0: that. Yeah. So it wasn't. It was kind of like a reboot, but. Not I mean, so, but This is going back. Like, here's it, my question. So, if Al's meant to be stopping as uh, Doctor Beckett from doing all these changes to the timeline, how is it that if you jumped no, into, Al's to No, supposed to help him find it. He's just Al's telling him like, give like, him advice. Him, he tells no, him if, like, this no, person's
1: done this, so you've got. So it's a, it kind of gives him percentages. So like, right, this person did this in his life. Yeah. So you've got a 50. You've got like a 75 chance to make sure he does this.
2: So then he does this. This. Oh,
0: so you no, but like he's. So either way, he's going to affect the timeline. Yeah, but it's effectively it for the better. He's essentially, okay.
1: yeah.
2: essentially making the timeline to what yeah. we think the timeline yeah. is. So well, he's I early, ever, he's early ever putting things on the right track. And in the show, the right track is how we know it. Hey, it's how we now know it now. I mean, one of the whole things is in the last episode,
1: we talked to this that He thinks he only did. He thinks he hasn't done enough. He thinks he's only helped a few people out. And he says, "No, well, you did more than that because those people went on to help other people. Went on to help other people. It spread out. It spread out." And he says, "Like, you did a lot of good." And that was it. So he just thinks he's only helped a handful of people, but it's just going back. It's spreading mm-hmm. out like those people because their lives then went on for the better. It went further and further afield. Yeah,
0: like the uh, butterfly effect. Yeah, well, was sick. was good. I because I only, I never watched it. In, I know it was. It feels like a very anthology, but I never watched it. In, um, you know, consecutively. So I only ever tuned in when it was yeah. on, and I watched it. But that some episodes like
1: really weird. Like it was one way it becomes um, in Egypt. is that digging enough? A tomb, and then like the mummy comes alive at the end when the bad guys locked in stuff. And he just and, like Al wash because obviously Al can go for anywhere and yeah, see anything. Yeah. So he goes face through the wall, just comes out. It's like let's just get out of here because yeah. like, the, the tomb starting to collect on it itself. But all you just see is like you know the bad guy who was like trying to get out the thing, it just crashed on him. And you see his like hand just on oh, his shoulder, brilliant. and there's one way he leaps into the body where a guy who thinks he's a vampire. But then you don't know throughout the whole episode if he's actually a vampire or not. Okay,
0: so kind of these are proper nods to the anthology series yeah. about it. Oh man, it's, that's it's sick. really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I love, I love I uh, yeah. Any time I watched it, like, I thought oh, this is entertaining. But I've never like watched it enough to kind of understand and connect the dots. But I mean, did you see Sork? Did you see yeah. That's a really good movie. Mm. I just remember that one where he's walking down the street at the end as a woman, and he's kind of like buckling yeah. under on his in his high heels, and everyone, no one's paying any ma- any mind. I used to think like, is anyone going to realize that dude's a man? Obviously not, because that <laughs> dude's a, that woman's a dude, and it's just like nah. This is Quantum Leap. Yeah, it was, it, was just, it, was, it was
1: literally one of the things where just the, the physical aspects just kind of meets for the episode, which you're getting a lot of
2: things, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Okay, Jack, what are you cool. saying? I don't know, but I've got 20 minutes to do 20 it. 20 minutes, jeez. I'm just going to talk real slow. <laughs> um, Like you say, time is like a pretty good idea for something to do. You can approach it in like total different ways and many different sort of things you can talk about in terms of relation to time like Tom's touch on a, a time travelling t- TV show where the whole concept is based on time um, and it's something which has a really interesting relationship with comics in comics you've got sliding timelines which is essentially the idea that um, things change as comics move forward so originally um, Ben Grimm was a fought in a certain war but he's now having fought in a different one, mm. Tony Stark, like the same. The I was just saying, they're watching. It was
0: Vietnam, and it was Afghanistan. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so, so there's the sliding the the time time
2: right. scale, There's characters being aged up and down by magic, by science, by just pure choice. No one's aging. No. Yeah. Like,
0: Somehow the X-Men are like in their 30s. And then I've got yeah
2: <laughs> characters who don't age whatsoever. <laughs> what,
1: it was Bond, Was was it Bond who actually coined
2: the sliding timeline? Was that was it? I've got my own theories on Bond and I'll say that for another episode. Really? Oh, right, okay. yeah. Are you
1: saying Bond is a code name?
2: Bond is a code name, yeah. And to be Bond you have to do. But do you know who sent
1: Bond was a code name? Was a guy who directed Die another day, so he just discouraged anything what yeah.
2: that was a terrible, terrible film. Yeah. I just think Bond is like um yeah, that's that's a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um
1: get Idris Elba playing the next Bond though, because he will be so good. Um, be good. Yeah, so we've got but the aging of
2: characters, we have time travel. And intertwined with that we have alternate futures which is obviously related to time travel. And that is really concept that the comic industry loves to play really with, and love Kirby here going, "Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I've
0: got yeah. a big, I've got stiffy <laughs> that's pushing this table away." Um, <laughs> yeah. So
2: for this report, we really had a massive choice of stuff to choose from. Too much, though. So I'm going to be very self-indulgent and talk about one of my greatest loves, and that's the Ultimate Universe. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, how, how was that time for it? it lasted and for spec- ten years. Where and specifically Ultimate Cable? Oh
0: god this was good exactly and also infuriating at the same time <laughs>
2: exactly ultimate cable debuted in Ultimate x-men 75 by robert kirkman and ben oliver Man. can we just pause there for a minute and just okay. point out kirkman comic superstar creator of the walking dead wrote comics for marvel and he did a few ultimate x-men did. didn't he yeah he did quite a, a long did he run do sinister he did sinister yeah that was, that was all Kirkman. he also
1: created the marvel zombie universe as yeah. well
2: well, no, Miller created it. Was it? Uh, well, Keck- Miller created it in that, but he did the Keckman first Marvel zombie the book, yeah. sorry. And the, Keckman also did a great book called The Destroyer, which was like a modern version of the World War Two hero, The Destroyer. And basically he's like a fat, old, aging man using grenades, machine guns and all stuff. And it, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, Keckman came on, I think, around issue 60-ish of Vultman X-Men, maybe even a bit earlier than that. Um, oh, no, 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 no. and he did he did his initial arc which was supposed to be sort of a fill-in before Brian Singer came on and did his arc which never actually happened but was always talked about and then he got, after that Singer arc fell to pieces, he sort of started writing a much longer mega arc um, for Ultimate X-Men which some people disagree um, but I personally feel, if you forget about the ending which I'll get to in a little bit, is massively underrated Um, They did magic as well,
0: didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that was good.
2: Um, It's worth pointing that it was Kirkman's Ultimate X-Men when I started picking up Ultimate X-Men monthly. Was it? Yeah, it was when we was at college. It was 2008... No, 2006, 2007, 2008, that sort of era. And that's That's when I started buying it monthly. Um, Rather than trades. Rather than trades or catching up. Um, While many of the Ultimate Universe stories had seen reimaginings of traditional classic storylines, Kirkman chose to... We imagine his classics, the things he thought which was classic. His ultimate X Men run pulls on all sorts of the great, all sorts from one of the greatest eras of comic, book, comic books ever, and I'm laughing while saying it, the 1990s. Yeah, it um was. <laughs> at the time, people really didn't appreciate the callbacks to the 90s, and to be fair, it's probably a bit ahead of its time. Like the last few years has seen a plethora of comebacks and callbacks to the 1990s. You've got X Men 92, you've got Wildstorm Reboot, you've got Youngblood. You've got characters like Venom who are massive again now. These are all very mm. 90s mm. things. Um,
1: oh, Deadpool, that was New Mutants. Deadpool, right yeah, yeah, New
2: Mutants. Yeah. Um, you had a film where they'd make jokes about pouches, which is Deadpool, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the 90s is probably... And the guy probably, who can't draw feet. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the 90s is probably cool now, whereas 10, 11 years ago... It wants a cool in terms of flashing back to it.
1: I don't yeah, it's, I don't know. The artwork was very unique for the nineties really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all big chests, big, chest, big, yeah. yeah, yeah, big big colours, yeah. Guns, patches. And they got to two thousands where it's just Two thousands well. got big boobs <laughs> and big sexualized boobs, into tight it. Tight
0: leather, so, tight leather.
2: So practical. That all being said, what better character to talk about from Kirkman till next month than the Ultimate version of Cable? First off, he may look a little like the cable from the main Marvel universe. But he certainly doesn't smell like him. Mm. And if you read the comic, you'll get that. That's a bit of a jerk in there. Um, um, the c- this Cable isn't Nathaniel Summers. He isn't the son of Gene Gray and Scott, so- Summer- Scott Summers. He's the future version of the Ultimate Universe's Wolverine. Um, now, if we just stop there for a minute and realise how cool that sounds, and to be honest, how much sense it makes, because mm. you're talking about a character from the future. There should there should be more future Logans come back, because...
0: Different versions, man. Because he's obviously going to outlive. He's going
2: to with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting confused because after I think I've,
0: I've
1: yeah, I'm not read this. I've, I think I've got it lined up, but I've not ready I'm just getting was, confused. I'm um, saying and Is this a different? Before this. This before. That. Yeah, it I don't know, was was like I know like before that. I just yeah.
0: Salvador Rocca was on the artwork. Was for some of it. And the Apocalypse yeah. Run. It that had a really interesting onslaught.
2: Yeah, well, I'm gonna get that. to all freaking, that. Um, it was so good. So. Yeah, so it's a really cool concept and the idea of Wolverine outliving everyone is something which Marvel have played on at times but probably don't play on enough. Um, so here's a bit of trivia about how how the character came to be. In an interview, Robert Kirkman said while he was writing the Cable saga, I wanted to keep the cool things but at the same time make things a bit more streamlined. I thought, he's got to have the arm, the eye, the guns, but what could make him cooler? What weapon can top all that? Wolverine's claws. <laughs> Uh That was the obvious answer, and our sprawling time travel epic came out of that. Cable is Wolverine. Like the traditional Cable, the Ultimate Universe's Cable origin is intertwined with apocalypses uh, and disturbing futures. Um Now, we're just gonna get a little bit geeky here. Obviously, each alternate Universe has its own de- designation 616, 1610, etc. But alternate futures of each of those worlds have their own designation, too. Um now, the way Marvel deal with time travel varies somewhat, and it's never really constant. Even within the Ultimate Universe, where time travel has only happened on a few occasions, they still don't approach it in the same way. Like, I think... Is it in... Ultimate X-Men do it in a certain way. I think there's sort of repercussions to travelling through time. Well, there certainly is in the Ultimate Fantastic Four when they travel through time. It's just, they only do it, like, twice in the whole yeah, when,
1: normally it's just whenever don't matter what universe it's in that's still an alternative it's just yeah an alternative but reality, I mean yeah. the
2: way they do it and like I think it's in Fantastic Four they have like spy, time spiders or something like that which are like an after effect of travelling through time but in this version they don't do it so that's something uh, comics don't always align on is exactly how physically the time travel works and also canonly canonly can- yeah. canonical canonically can- <laughs> can- <laughs> can- <laughs> can- yeah, yeah but how within the canon it works like you say sometimes it's Sometimes it can change stuff. Sometimes it's predestined. Sometimes it's whatever. It's all yeah. very messy.
1: Because anything with like a big storyline, obviously, is kind of straight away it's given a number, like say Age of Apocalypse yeah. so and things like that.
2: Mm. Um, one thing we can agree on, uh, and that is constant, that especially when you are looking at uh, futures, they are alternate futures rather than the definitive future. And never in yeah. Marvel have this, they said this is the future. It's always a, a possibility of the future, and generally the Marvel storylines involve stopping that future there's not many good futures in marvel comics mm-hmm. is there it's yeah. always about stopping the dystopian future um
1: the one thing i just read like um you read the avengers time runs out with that kind of yeah, kept going yeah. and leaping in but yeah. further and forward and just completely different yeah. future dystopians until you ended up at khan yeah and that's it that's all that's left the three vision the three versions
2: yeah it was good that's quite good oh, i could have talked about that i was talk about that I was that was hickman yeah
1: and he also ended up with Franklin Bloody Richards always ends up always. in some kind of
2: future thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't
0: like that guy.
2: So let's get <laughs> back So let's yeah, get back then. to the story. Like we said, cable and Apocalypse are intertwined. So this is the Wolverine we know from the ultimate universe, up until the final battle with Apocalypse. So like this character has experienced to this to this big fight, which we'll get to. After that is completely different to mm. how it will end up. Um, so most of the team died during his version of this big battle. And Cable loses his healing factor and his left arm. Um, it's a bit similar
1: to old man Logan at all. Not like mm, he's killed him, but it's no, getting the same.
2: No. And in fact his own left arm is used against him to give him the three scars he has mm. across his face. <laughs> Cable then spent the next three decade three decades fighting Apocalypse in the future. Not in the future, but in the future, from the current time in the comics. Until he finally found a way to travel back in time and as soon as he could, he'd travel back thirty years to correct the past. Cable travelled back in time for Charles Xavier, seemingly prepared to kill him. The professor was believed dead when Cable arrived, um, but Cable, Cable actually transported him back to the future to help him prepare for the battle with Apocalypse. Um, in this arc, we didn't—we don't just get one time traveller; we have another one too. And what's Cable without
0: Bishop? This, um, oh yeah, they introduce Ultimate Bishop. Yeah, they, they do. They?
2: Yeah, at first he pretended that he was against Cable. But in reality, he was trying to build an X-Men team strong enough to defeat Apocalypse. It was sort of like a two-pronged attack. I'll take Xavier, you train the X-Men. Yeah. Um, Just a cool thing to mention here, uh, and this never got really built upon. uh, It's one of the ideas Kirkman introduced, and there's a few more which didn't get um, built upon, but like the legacy virus and stuff. But what Kirkman introduced was the idea that within the ultimate universe, mutants' powers were more than what they thought for example Iceman's power isn't to make himself ice rather it's the ability to control the molecules and speed that they move at mm. so in theory he could do more with his abilities Um I really like this idea that there's maybe like five different types of mutation just each person manifests and use them in a different way right, okay. so I'm, that's that that second part is completely off my head the idea that. Anybody who can like be hot or curled or fast is just moving molecules, and Definitely. it's just the way they use that. Isn't that the
1: whole thing with Quicksilver that he's not actually moving fast; he's moving everything. He's actually moving everything around him. Really? Or, I'm sure I've heard that. That's before. quite interesting. I'm sure I've heard that before. So it's not actually him moving.
2: Um, so I really like that idea, and I really helped. Really feel it. Like it helped ground some of the absurd powers. You get in the X Men. I mean, I love it, but it's absurd. Some of the powers and some of the, the looks and stuff. But help, just helping to ground that in some sort of science, which yeah, is believable in comics.
0: I quite like that. Because um, it's nice to have a basis and an understanding, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Where like you can, it can help you sort of lay, lay ground to think how it can work how it can use time against each other there's, how the outcome it's might the be.
1: ultimate nerf thing when like you see a Superhero. go well that's not possible yeah, you can't yeah, do that it's like yeah. he's a guy flying but the thing you've got you've got there is how he's doing it
2: there's also that thing that each reader has their own inherent canon in their head of what they believe is how everything works within mm. the storyline yeah. they're re- reading and it's one of them things that helps me create my head canon if that, I think that's the temper in it. Head no, it is, it's, it's, yeah.
1: People have got things that want things to go their own way. Kind of going back to Star Wars a little bit. People are getting pissed off because they've got their own idea how this should work and how this should work. But when things start deviating, I'll oh, explain it a different way. Like and um, when Spider-Man as well, it, they went through that stage where it was magic. He got his powers by magic. Oh, the
2: totem stuff. Yeah. yeah. And people mm-hmm. are
1: like, no, he got bitten by a radioactive spider. Oh, There's no magic yeah. to it. <laughs>
2: um, so Cable returns from the future, a strife. Another nineties callback with. Onslaught, like the biggest nineties callback, mm. Mm. Uh, so that's nineties heaven right there. Is that Onslaught done the same way? Not quite. He looks similar in ways, yeah. but it's revealed that Onslaught is Xavier in a battlesuit. Yes, yeah, oh, so it's not Xavier and Magneto no, mixed it's just together. It's just a battlesuit, um, and this is because Professor X was the key to stopping Apocalypse. Wolverine jumps in at the end of Cable explaining what's going on and they all start fighting Apocalypse. Um, The X-Men are seemingly beaten and even with all the preparation from Cable and Bishop, they aren't a match for Apocalypse. Um, And can we just talk a little bit about how cool the whole Apocalypse Mr. Sinister thing is? He's a mad serial killer and kills mutants and he's like, he sees visions of this Apocalypse. You never know if he's literally seeing them or he's just mad, and he's told he has to kill, is it 12 mm. mutants, and he kills half of them, one of them's uh, Angel, um, and stuff like that, which I'll get to the Angel bit in a minute. And and it was just a bloody fantastic way of doing it, and to me, that's how it should have been in the movies. To me, that's the movie Apocalypse. Mm. It's sinister for two-thirds of the film, and it's Apocalypse for the last third. Yeah. This is
1: one of the things what I always hated was the at the end of pocket it is in apocalypse where we've got the Essex Corp suitcase but nothing's, yeah. ever, been ab- nothing's yeah. ever been done about nothing's ever been done about you thinking sinister should have had more of a role in something
0: and you've got all the X-Men in their actual color correct costumes for like five seconds something. yeah I
2: just purple suit didn't work for me mm. Um but I just think you could have really grounded it as sinister and like you cast Oscar Isaac as Look at Oscar Isaac, he fucking looks like Sinister from Upmerks, man.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? he could have beefed he's up a bit. He put was tattoos yeah. on him.
2: But even not built up serial killers are fucking creepy. Mm, he could have done it. They could have yeah. really played on it. Mm. Uh, and it's just a shame. But you can't
1: kill him because he's just going to keep coming back over and yeah. over again, eh?
2: Um, now, here is, to me, where the whole storyline falls apart. And I'm not trying to sell you on it, but I'm going to talk about this because I've got some other things to say on it. So Jean ends up using the Phoenix Force to revert Apocalypse back into Sinister. And she makes sure no one remembers what's happened. It's like, what the fuck? We've just spent like 20 issues getting to this point and it's mm. all reversed in like a, a click of a finger. And I just don't buy
0: it. Yeah, um, and it's always... I hate the fact that... That's one That's one of my queries with X-Men is that uh, Phoenix Force will take care of it. Yeah. And After all that strife and issue and... Yeah. You know, fighting against the enemy and then it's just a oh, Phoenix Force. Yeah, and if we just
2: him. if we think about it for a minute, that issue was number ninety seven. And it was Kirkman's last issue before Leb, one of Leb's lackeys, was it Aaron Collette, came in and took over the Ultimate X Men book. Now that final issue of Kepman's one, screams of editorial input and being forced to wrap up his run early. I'm pretty sure there's articles saying he had plans for it at least up to issue hundred. Hmm. I mean, I can dig them out and share them if anyone I'm sure yeah. there is. But the plans for Ultimatum derailed it and ultimately left the arc... That, that's what's running, because Ultimatum... Yeah. And it ultimately left the arc unsatisfying and complicated. Angel died and then got brought back when Jean clicked her fingers to just die again in Ultimatum. Mm. Um, and I'm sure he would have been brought back in some way in the apocalypse one,
0: with metal wings as, as an uh, archangel. archangel
2: or as some sort, some version, ultimate like version of archangel. Awesome, yeah. Maybe not held as such because they're obviously trying to ground it, but like in some way they'll have done something. Mm. Does he
0: still have four horsemen then? In this, because he's no, an- angels got like healing properties in his blood, hasn't he? Well, most fighters do, do, like get,
2: they don't get to the um, force horsemen. I'm sure they would have touched on mm. it because they killed some of the good. Popular mutants. Mm. I'm sure that it got to it. That's always one of the key parts. Many apocalypse Um, yes. Yeah, so, and and it just to me screamed something like just fuck you at the audience, like as if like what I know it won't really won't well received Catman's run, but I think it's because it was a long serialized bit, and I don't think comics were doing that that much then. Uh, it was probably just a bit out of time. I think now it'd be. I think it's I still read it. I read it a lot. Mm. It's a solid run. Um. And I just feel like they've stunted his run completely and ended up ruining it, whereas if they let it play it out, it'd have probably been even better in hindsight. One of the things where like, watch it all and then judge it hmm. for what it is. Um, Kirkman had hinted at loads of storylines he didn't get to touch, which only helped fuel my idea that he got cut short. There was the legacy virus, because Beast, yeah, was, Beast yeah. was alive working on the legacy virus for Nick mm. Fury. And that was never touched upon and again.
0: He, was, he, he wasn't blue anymore, was he? No. Yeah. Um
2: Another Nick Spencer did touch on some of these bits. The fact that um, there was Sinister was brought back, seemingly Apocalypse was kind of still around in mm. Sinister's head, but then and that was in Spencer's All X Men run. But we never quite understood how this fit in with what Bendis was doing with Sinister and Ultimate Spider-Man. It, ah, just the little things just help just ruin it a little bit. It's still one of my favorite arcs of All X Men, but it just. Be consistent, guys.
1: Mm. Um, this seems to come back a bit later on in Ultimate X-Men after that. I no, know, he's, kinda... know what he's, he's in Spider-Man. He's in part of the Rocks on
2: Brain Box, or whatever it's called. I mean, uh, yeah, because I can remember him something he, In Spencer's beginning run, he's in a mental... No. What? He goes to see Havoc, doesn't he? And Havoc sees Apocalypse. I can't remember. But this, I can't remember exactly how it plays, but there's a, there's a hint at him. But Spencer was only on the book for six issues. He, all his stuff was... It
0: got really... Like, I can't even remember the back end of Mutt Ultimatum and so, because it just got crap. Yeah. I remember did he start after the Ultimatum? Is that his first issue? Yeah, because yeah, I've, yeah, I've read all of them, I've got all of them. Uh, was oh, was it, that with Kitty Pride and everyone on the it ground? It was actually
2: after yeah. Death of Spider Man when they came back. No, it? no one.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, after Death of Spider Man because that's when it all yeah. got.
2: Yeah. So after yeah. Death of Spider Man, they brought Ultimate X Men back. Before yeah. then, it was Ultimate X, but so there'd been a bit of a gap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so Sp- Spencer did the first six issues of X Men. Maybe even a bit longer. Hickman did the first nine of Ultimates. He was supposed to stay on longer, but they both got offered high profile gigs, yeah, um, bigger books. Spencer Hickman, Hickman did more than fantasy and then Hickman did well, Spencer got offered. Oh, Have I done twenty minutes? Yeah. Fuck. I've still got bits to do. Not a lot, but yeah, they got offered <laughs> better books. But that Ultimate launch got lost within. Um, I think it was New Fifty Two, maybe. Um. So yeah, can I just finish because I've gone so far. So, are
0: you doing ten minutes next week? No, ten minutes. no, it's fine because he didn't go within the
1: twenty. He Oh, what's the most
2: frustrating thing to me is the storyline was clearly building up to something, uh, something massive, and the final battle. Re- final battle really didn't, um, really did start to affect the whole universe. Everyone was involved in that final battle with Apocalypse. You had Shield, the Ultimates, and Fantastic Four all involved. So to me, if editorial wanted to mix up things and give the Ultimates a jump start again. And um, they should have just tweaked Kirkman's storyline rather than truncating it and making Ultimatum they should have done Ultimate Apocalypse so done the last bit of Kirkman run as a six-issue miniseries where you reshape the Ultimate Universe mm. when you look at the repercussions of Ultimatum all of them could have happened within an apocalypse battle all the characters mm-hmm. that died could have died and I'd really so I'd really love to see a what if by Kirkman where he gets to finish it Um and he really didn't talk too well about his time at Marvel, and I think that's one of the main reasons. I say
1: I can't see him ever coming back to Marvel.
2: Um, so all that said, I bloody love the journey getting there, uh, and I bloody love Ultimate Cable.
0: Oh um, man, I was just okay. looking at the covers for that run and some of the. I, I, just, I, just, I just
1: looked at the picture of one of the pictures of Ultimate Cable. My, it looks awesome. Mike
0: Turner, that that cover it that was just before Mike Turner died, wasn't it? where you got Cable up there with a the gun and then you've got Cyclops doing the blast, the Shadow of Wolverine in the background. I know,
2: it's not well, it's not well thought of. But to that me, one, I
0: think that looks awesome, that one. That one to me, the,
2: the gun, yeah. arc is classic Ultimate X-Men yeah. to me. Um, I don't... Yeah. They I even go to good. Australia. Yeah. They do proper 90s. Night-
0: oh, they travel. It. I think it's because you had like Magic and stuff around that same time as well, which I thought was a really good run. Um, but... I don't know. I thought it was... Uh, I did think I thought it was really good. Uh, ultimate, uh, classic Marvel for me personally is a th- classic Ma- Ultimate X Men. It's that it's anything from the first to twelve issues. Yeah, there's well, also well, the first th- to twelve volumes. Not but mean. then you
2: can't forget Return of the King and
0: stuff. That's, in, that's issue. That's volume twelve or thirteen, isn't it?
2: When you've got Immerman on the book with Brian Kavan.
0: What well, when he? Um, what a
2: combination!
0: Yeah. <laughs> The first hey, no, sorry, read, then. not the issues. I mean volumes oh, yeah, yeah, up to Return of the King. I think that is like definitive Ultimate X okay. Men. But yeah, I'd... so you got ten minutes next week, Jack.
2: Oh, I made it because no. you
0: went over. You guys are <laughs> talking too much. Shut up, man. you made You guys, we talk in everyone's. Here you go. I did. Yeah.
1: Um, I did also reread Ultimatum you... just to like in case people have like you know just been shitting on a bit too much recently. Oh no, it's, it's even worse than what it's, it's just worse <laughs> than what I remembered last I... time.
2: If you haven't read this,
1: I would read it. I'm not. I'm going to see if I've got it because I've got a load of all of X-Men, which I've been waiting to get. I haven't even got them in trades, but I'm waiting to get them all in trade before I blitz through them all. So I might just start now. And, and then just I need to finish each trade.
0: I've got them all in each so. The last
1: I read all the stuff with um, Utopia stuff, you know, with the the seeds uh, and oh, Gell- oh, that was so good. Resolution
0: really X, Yeah. So with President present Steve species, Rogers and everything. Endangered species, it is so good. Like not, key, they comes up with a cure for that everything. Is one of my favorite ones, man. The,
2: um, the Ultimate stuff, like the President Rogers and stuff, but the Ultimate X Men part. No, that's are just fantastic. read that Ultimate X Men. Yeah, yeah that's Spencer, it. isn't it? Yeah, no, that's Wood. Oh, Brian Wood. Yeah, Wood takes over from Spencer. That's it. Because um, I think it, one so of the be-
1: issues of that was where you just see Magneto's back, so you see Quicksilver kneeling, kneeling before him. Mm. I, I'm sure that's during that run, but I can't remember what happened after that. Definitely-
2: that's in Spencer's run, that, and you don't know if it is Magneto. It's just hinted at in it. Mm. There's also that thing awakening in Egypt. There's lots of hints in Spencer's first, mm. issues, first six issues, which no one builds on. Because Brian would well, that's why I thought I thought I missed
1: something else cause I could never like pick up anything. And get Brian would
2: sweep most of it aside and just took the guys who were
0: the core team and, escaping and did yeah. the
2: reservoir mm. exile, which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's really really good. They yeah. Like
0: the, they get is it Heath. Black yeah. youth, he who's like with the dreads and the way that like um Micro him, Max loads of yeah. cats. They
2: create the sentient seed. That's just, um, of
0: the yeah. I like him and Storm are working on creating that, like new uh um, sort
2: of, natural resources. Yeah, you got with, natural
0: resources.
2: And there's is Mohammed Azrah does the art for that. They're you know, the guy who's a bit like Imam and the lair colours it and that is the best the old of have looked in my eyes. And that's that's like, when and K- that's like the
1: last thing, that's like the end, that's where Kitty's re- leading that's when the team.
2: Where Kitty's in white. And yeah. They don't even shade under her breasts. It's just her outfit's completely white yeah. and flat.
0: If you put, yeah, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Because she, yeah. Except so after that, me. then
1: she joins joins the, the last Ultimates, did not it? Yeah, yeah. That We're was a,
0: that was probably one. Of, yeah, that was one of the greatest books, X Men books. What that last. Rogue, uh, Rogue living in the trees. She's like something that everyone's like. Rogue's doing really yep. well. She's never been as good as she has been before. <laughs> Um, Fantastic. Ultimate reason. Yeah, natural resources. Because Jean Jean, Jean Jean great. Jean, Jean, Jean gone gone back to it. She's yeah, shit yeah, She's a yeah. she, yeah. yeah. She's shit man. She's really shit in this.
1: And then you've got um thingy
0: Jimmy Hudson. Jimmy Hudson. I like I like Jimmy. Storm with the Mohawk as well. What I can't remember what happens with Colossus in this. Colossus he um
2: he kills a guard, doesn't he, when they're in the camp. And he
0: excels himself, Yeah he? does yeah. he got
1: he the whole thing of him like trying to cope with it, isn't it? Because
0: yeah. you got Warpath armor. I just love how they put in some all these other characters in it, and it was just. Uh...
1: I'm gonna read. I'm gonna start from the beginning. if anything, I haven't got, I'm just gonna make sure I buy for guys. Ultra my Earth. wacky's
2: is done.
0: <laughs> People
1: reenroll my comments. So I've always focused too much. on trying to like make sure I had everything for Ultimate like Spider-Man Ultimate. This was like again bagging butt times. Just pick up as I've much stuff loads, I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they had loads of Ultimate stuff in.
2: Yeah, cool yeah, anyway.
1: Because I, I read the Ultimate, the Ultimatum, and the Road to Ultimatum as well, which is
2: when you read the X-Men you'd be like that was such a better way to have sensor
1: have like Apokolips, not a magneto who was
2: the whole thing with magneto not using
1: the
0: hammer or... <laughs> you
1: see that it's a different hammer as well it's yeah. the original it's actual Thor 616 hammer not <sighs> not stay uh, not whatever it's called. well no, I need
0: to go to my parents house and dig out these they're all there it's a really one of right. right.
2: so, uh, <laughs> <if> yours <laughs> mate you have 10, 10 minutes, 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> alright okay so there are many reiterations of time travelling pop culture where people have decided to kind of dance around with fate and play God um, with the intention of saving their own sort of personal bullshit and the thing I'm talking about right now is no exception so I'm talking about well, I love this book, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how so many people hate it. This is Chrononauts. I don't know if I you've read it. You might, I thought you might have read kind of it. I
2: <laughs> thought you were going to do this as soon as he suggested, like, time. I was like, this is what he's doing.
0: Right, right, okay, so. Two minutes. Um, what is it? So it's by Mark Miller and Sean Murphy. So Sean Murphy's some punk rock Jesus, Tokyo Ghost, Batman. Two-Face, year one. Uh, it's about Corbin Quinn and Danny Riley. So pretty much they are uh, scientific geniuses. And with the whole world watching, they embark on the world's first time travel experiment. So it's like reality reality TV, but with a time-travelling element to it. So the science works out there. You can see the progression of it, where they're sending satellites through portals to different moments in time because it's not ready to test with humans, and these satellites broadcast these events to the world, and it's really cool because you see shots of people globally huddled around televisions um, to watch them together, and it reminded me when I was went back and reread this, it was, I was like what we're doing now with the World Cup, people don't very rarely get together and watch things. You've got this panel of people watching in Japan in kimonos and stuff looking through the window of a TV shop and underneath it there's a panel of like strippers in a club mid-dance and their customers have all stopped and they're watching these moments so you just know how big is, I thought it was a nice way to sort of frame the moment. <laughs> so the story um, is pretty whack. So a couple of dudes, they're proper science bros who happen to be absolutely amazing at what they do. They, invent, they help invent this time travel to kind of show these moments to the people. But things go wrong. Otherwise, you know, if we know conflict, you've got no drama, no story. And they start to misuse their devices and tick around uh, the time stream so they become emperors and they start amassing great lots of wealth in different time periods and literally sleep in their way across I, time. I love
1: that front cover of the issue where like the buff just pissed in togas and yes, <laughs> it's like they
0: proper broski... Like, there's some proper mint variant ones, and I managed to get my hand on the Back to the Future one, where they're both doing the iconic sort of Marty and Doctor and um, Doc one. Um, yeah, so um, Corbin um, pretty much has issues. His issues from the past follow follow him into past, and he decides, like you know, to not really want to go back to the future and starts dicking around. So he becomes a tyrant, a dictator, and a warlord in multiple timelines. And during this whole time, the boss who was kind of running this TV show um, starts getting really mad and sending SWAT teams and people in after them to sort of help them out. They're the very sort of generic alpha male militant types who want to f- fuck up things as much as Corbyn and Riley do. Like, it all goes to, finally all comes to shit when Corbyn is duped by this lass he's dating in the 1920s tricks him of his device and gives it to some mob bosses and they send him a thousand years into the past where he's stuck and he has to find a way into the future to clean up his mess so why am I talking about this it's a fun comic that deals with the concept of time travel but in a very loose and sort of no weird not necessarily sci-fi way there's no big science no big deep philosophical sort of issues or implications it's just a great laugh there's a lot of kind of funny moments and it's just funny because it's just it's just dude bro scientists which are which have this awesome car chase throughout throughout time, like you see these moments where they're in Las Vegas gambling with Marilyn Monroe. It's where she's come up twice today in a comic book podcast and they're they're in thirteen fifty one you see him helping the Scottish beat the English and they're like hail, hail Danny hill da, hail Danny King of the Rileys, and how did you conquer the English so quickly and it's like it's quite fun because it's my favorite moment in it is where Corbyn's having to go at Ryan is like um Cobb is like, "Oh, everything's taken care of. Don't worry about it, right?" It's like everything's taken care of. There's a gang of samurais riding a tank. We can't leave the time looking <laughs> like this. And in the background, these samurais are like, "Ah!" Oh, their swords and like all oh, their armor and stuff. It's juxtaposed to the max, and it's like a lot of these things that are working with each other and on each other shouldn't exactly be, shouldn't exactly fit, but it does. Why is it different from? From a time traveling time traveling story, and what separates it from the rest? In every time tale, there's always one guy, or one person that's adamant on fixing things. But in this, it's not so much. When Corbin gets lost, when he gets thrown off course, Danny doesn't want to. Danny doesn't want to just rescue him. He joins in the foray and and, what, and like that whole time you're thinking these fucking idiots are messing up the time stream. I can't wait to see what they do with the place. There's no <laughs> one with a moral compass wanting to fix this, and th- you never see that. Tom, yourself, you spoke about um. Quantum Leap you've got Al wanting to make sure he puts things on the right path Jack yourself when you're talking about um, the X-Men you've got Bishop and Cable who have an elaborate I don't want to say elaborate plan but to make sure they correct things in the future but here these guys are just like let's drink our way around um, the time stream let's sleep with whoever we want let's do things in our favour you know it's really dumb and it's um, (coughs) but it's really dumb and it's fun and that's okay because you never really get time travelling stories even um, Back to the Future is a light. It's quite a light-hearted thing, but he's he has to go make sure his parents get together, otherwise he disappears. So, do you know what I'm just getting
1: in my mind right now? Have you ever seen that Simpsons Tree Hour episode where Homer converts a toaster into a time machine? And just yeah,
0: keeps that yeah. And just and he stands on everything. Oh, don't, don't. And he keeps on standing and all And just stuff. starts smashing up the place. when you <laughs> see And, how it, the, and oh, lizard tongues. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's raining donuts, and it's the reality he never it's wants his perfect to say. Rea- no, that's his perfect reality, because he says, donuts, what a donuts? He goes, ah, and he disappears. Um... The response from people who who read this is really mixed. People thought it's mis- misogynistic, immature, childish, redundant, cheap. Uh, they thought, "Oh, I don't want to read anything that's about douche, douchey you science." You said how a lot bro. of
1: Miller stuff though, don't you like that? Well,
0: this, this is what I'm saying. Is like people he gets called out again because this is just Mark Miller writing a four issue comic um, that's that he can just that he can just sell sell the film rights. Do you know what I mean? This is people thought this was another people just thought this was another ploy. And I thought, okay, yeah, I can get it. But sometimes you don't... I think people are, too, are expecting too much from time-taveling tales. They're expecting some sort of high-concept thing because time, as we were saying before at the beginning of the episode, is something we can't control. And man's instinct nature, something that we can't control, we want to figure out a way to understand it mm. or own it, and telling stories around people, being able to have some sort of mastery of, mastery over it, is very enticing and very appealing. Is this Miller world or is this it... Is, yeah, world So it's, well, it's part of his whole thing. It's not one of the ones that got picked up by Netflix. But it's oh, still that's what I was just wondering if it was. Yeah,
2: anything before the deal isn't mm. Netflix, is, is it? Is it not? Some stuff will slowly move on there, but it's everything after the deal is definitely oh, okay. going to be like a Netflix right.
0: show. So artwork and clothing, classic scratchy style from Sean Murphy. If you've seen any of his work, he's, made, he's great at making busy per- busy pages have focus. We need and to cl-
2: trademark that scratchy style scratchy as the definition. Scratchy. It's yeah.
0: so good, isn't it? Um, I, um, he's good at making busy pa- busy pages have focus and clarity without missing the vibe i.e. big fights where Genghis Khan's army is in a coliseum with loads of soldiers in action but you can still make up the cracks and brittle facade on the pillars and on the clothing and on the samurai's armor I couldn't see anyone else doing this book so you know when you see let's say we're talking about the X-Men book that Jack was talking about um, natural resources you could be like oh I would love to see this writer, or this artist on this book, or do these characters? Generally, I don't think this is the case. The dynamic would change as to how the characters are, like the way that Cor- the looks that Corbin and Quinn give each other. Find yourself who looks at you the way that Corbin looks at Quinn. <laughs> you know mean that sort of thing. It's a very Disney old school style, you know, smirks forming, like Cruella Ville, sharp features. It's absolutely fantastic, and also you draw some moments when they revisit parts in moments in time. You'd expect paintings of that era. So when Columbus is discovering the Americas. Um, before he raped and pillaged his way across America it looks like it's it looks like it could be a Renaissance piece commemorating that time Um in other mediums, uh, I can see this as, like, it's only four issues long. Like, there's no pretense, but the time-travelling options means there needs to be a, bu- a big budget for this to make the time periods look believable. So whether this was a film, um, it has to be... It has to be. Yeah, I think you could put it in film because, like, it's only four issues. Plus, it's sci-fi, so the sets and the effects needs and needs to be on point. Plus, as I said before... This is a comic, but it's also popcorn fun at this movies. It doesn't have to be anything else, and it should be because it's a story about two douchey bros romping through time, sleeping their way to pick an emperors. I had a Twitter exchange with Mark Miller about casting. Guess what I suggested? Hemsworth. There's no time. Um, <laughs> I suggested Donald Glover and John Boyega, and he absolutely loved it. It spawned a whole thread about casting choices and what he would want, how Hollywood works, and loads of people jumped in. They thought that would be absolutely fantastic, considering Corbyn and Riley two white dudes do you know what I mean they could be um, Hemsworth and Chris Pratt could be Hemsworth oh it's going to be a Hemsworth because one of them looks like Hemsworth Hemsworth and I don't know Channing Tatum those would be your two archetypes but I was like John Baeger, Donald Glover would be hilarious their comedy timing they could play suave they could play off the the rails they could play loose and they could play very sentimental when it needs to happen I didn't want to give the ending away because it's it's very fucking good but on ending this talk I want to say um what period would you guys go back to and why? And also, what internal issues would cause you to have some sort of crisis and mess up the time stream? I'm Jesus. done. Jesus, man. Deep. Yeah. Yes! It <laughs> said he couldn't do it. I was looking at that thinking. He's, he's, I don't
1: know if he's asking the question theoretically or... Just...
0: I, no, but I'm asking that to you guys as, as in here in the room. And also, I'm going to put that out to the, re- to the listeners as well. If you want to answer the question...
2: For the sake of consistency of what we've talked about in this podcast, I'd uh, go back in time and pull Jeff Loeb slowly away from his keyboard. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: What, an undue ultimatum? Yeah. Oh, my God. But what sort of internal issues would cause you to have some sort of crisis? <laughs> because that's what happens in the book. I hope I've given you enough of the report to make you want to go and read it, because... No, I didn't realise any was only four issues long. Four book, Four so. issues. Lots of good variants. I just feel like it's something that I want people to read it's like going to the cinemas. This might not be a great example. and watching Rampage. Yeah, but
2: blockbuster fun.
0: Yeah, it's a blockbuster fun comic book, and I can see why people can get a bit mad at Mark Miller because oh, he's selling this. Well, film. everything he's this doing game is 2015. Yeah. Though we, we yeah.
2: talked about this on the Facebook comic book Rumble on Facebook mm. um, with Chris. He was saying that it's just a pitch. All of his comics are just pitches. Yeah. And do you think that's doing a disjustice to his books or a disjustice to comics? I didn't really
0: that what, 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 what did I post? What was it? On? I can't what was he res- responding to because I it was something the first like you put down
1: it was just that one so just Matt Miller when you well, you put down like recommendations didn't you I and mean, that what it led from you saw a picture of Matt Matt Miller that I can't remember so but, I've
2: got it up I'll get it Yeah. Um, um. it was on yeah it was just the recommendations you picked up from Australia so we started talking about oh yeah yeah Magic Order and it's going to show and like it was basically it's basically a comic to promote the show they're already going to make yeah like it, is couldn't. that is that a disservice to the book or a disservice to the industry that he's using them as, no, like... How is <laughs>
0: any difference from IDW doing a Turtles or say, Adventure oh, Time comic book? But, but
2: could you say the same
0: thing for Kirkman doing Outcast? That was a comic yeah. book
2: and
1: a uh, TV series at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I'm just
2: saying, like... It's
1: just the way, they, it's the, way yeah. the medium's moving now. now
0: it, people are taking notice of comic book stories and yeah. realising they're weird and original and different because people are getting bored of what has uh, been churned out on TV. I, I
1: think it is just the way things are now going, is that, like, say, in, like, say, 10 years' time, I think the entire... Marvel comic book universe is just going to be all the characters are going to look like whatever's in the MCU at that time As if the MCU is still going in 10 years time I'm guessing it will be but I think there'll be more links in together i.e. like we're already seeing it now where we've got the young Nick Fury is now frontmost and prominent whereas the old Nick Fury is now well it's just the Watcher really yeah. obviously his own version of the Watcher so that's like one major shift they've made there with that character and I think it'll be the same thing going forward. I know yeah. Kenny kind of could say, like, Sam Jackson was based from the ultimate Nick Fury, so he came first. Yeah. But in turn, though, no, he was still based on him. It's like a vicious circle. Right, is what, that what so what, meta. Who came first, Nick Fury no, or, or Samuel or Jackson? Or <laughs> Jackson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember that panel. Oh, God, I know who played me. Samuel L. Jackson. That <laughs> part, I read it in his voice. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, read it if you can. It's I'm going to, if it's any voice, I'll pick it yeah. up. You'll be able to pick up trade for like and 750, it's, won't you? It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, I don't know, it's got a lot of heart to it. And like when you start looking at it, it's got quite an easy fix. It looks
1: fun. That's how I just see it as. And it looks
0: f- fun. I just, and I think there's been... There's, I'm going to post some of the my favourite panels, which I've got saved on my desktop, and also some of the comments that I found when I was doing a bit of research about what were people thinking about it, because I know what people think of Matt Millar's work, despite we were talking about Enemy of the State earlier on, and some of his, his, some of his work in the past has been phenomenal. Well, he, but did, now, he, was all, he did All Man Logan, that's it, and that's a yeah.
1: groundbreaking... Storyline was but affected but so many in things. Kick
0: ass, and I think ever since Kick Ass blew up and people looking for that type of comic book story, um, Matt Miller's stuff has been very interesting. and a d- shock value, it, though, it, didn't it? it? That was pardon? the shock value
1: model thing. What but, if the kick ass But think. it
0: was
2: a good story as well. Should we um, should we get Verting? Okay,
1: yes. cool. So, so I'm one, i'm
2: two. two a curf- sweet. Do we just want to do a quick summary? So, yeah.
1: Yes did man on Quantum Leap, and just a quick overview of the late eighties, early nineties TV
2: show. Okay. Um, I did a bit on Ultimate Cable, the only cable.
0: I did a bit. I did a piece on Chrononauts by Mark Miller and Sean Murphy, which is a dude bros romp through time where they just collect loads of money and have loads of sex. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want in a comedy? So, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Tom's gonna count us in because cool. yeah, I can't do this. No,
1: I'll explain to it. So we we'll do it on three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, one,
2: two, three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet.
0: You got it, Jack. Got it, Jack. Nice. Yeah, it's I'm gonna.
2: That. I'm gonna put in um, possibly two of the volumes uh, with Ultimate Cable, sort of the end of Kirkman's run. So unfortunately, you'll get some of the uh, Dodger bits at the end, but you'll uh, you'll get the full Ultimate Cable experience. Cool. cool. Awesome. I have not for I won in ages. That's good. That
0: and next week you are on 10 minutes. No. no, I think I think everyone's stuck within the time. No. Mate, heads. you went over. Yeah. then's the rules. But No,
1: but That's you had me. the longer time as if you as if you went under on the sh- on the long one and went over on the short one. I yeah, thought that yeah, was yeah,
2: that it was a challenge, that was the rules. it? Because I was supposed to I was supposed to build extra time up. Yeah.
1: Right?
0: Which you did. We'll think about it. Anyway, listeners, if you think that Jack should have five minutes less on his report, please let us know. Um, please use the hashtag comment box from below. Leave a review and put down five stars if you think he should have five more <laughs> minutes next week. And uh, also, and leave a review and put down yeah, five stars oh, if you think he shouldn't. <laughs> please leave minutes. a review
2: to win the fourth box, which is one of the things we've been talking about today is to take the Death Star off top. Sorry, sorry press the button to stop him playing with the toys <laughs> um, the and Star. basically to win Box 4 um, share our Facebook page or leave us a review on iTunes and we'll pick the winner from there yes
1: mm. plus also if you use Spotify as your podcast choice please let us know if you know other people just use that because we don't know if we should. We have to or make or some not. decisions so what, we'll to, to how we get the most client. how many people want to listen to us? If you've got friends who only use
0: Spotify and that's it, let I think us know. a lot of people. From what I realise, loads of people use Spotify. Yeah, that's for us I to know. talk
2: about. I think we can sell that out. Cool. But yeah, followers at, at Comic Rumble on any good social media Bieber, and some bad ones Myspace, too. Friends Reunited.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. LinkedIn, okay. LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. D- follow us all over our social media like at Comic Box Rumble on Twitter and on Instagram and also we are Comic Box Rumble on Facebook any questions any queries hit us up we will get back to you and then until have we next got a topic week, for the next one uh, I think we'll we'll, set an it. we'll and see. announce it Let's see. and then let What's people on afterwards and then we'll be back with some news it's been quite slow pop culture recently isn't it there's only
1: Aquaman coming out this year and that's it no isn't it comic book wise film wise yeah because I think um, oh and
0: Venom as well but yeah <laughs> so memorable <laughs> oh, I know. A good, I know a good one. Well, you say now, or shall I say later? You suggesting it?
1: I'm suggesting it. This is a good. One. This is like personally one I think probably affect me more than everyone else. Okay, what is it? Well, of
0: sp- so, thank you for listening to Comic Box Rumble. As I said at the start, if you made any predictions about who may have got philosophical, who may have got scientific, and who may have got a bit nostalgic, um, let us know if you got if your guesses were right. Because that'd be quite cool to see how well our listeners know us as. Pres- it would be quite cool to see how well our listeners know us as hosts of this podcast Based on having put out the Meet the Teams Which you can always go back and listen to once again Now, the moment I'm pretty sure you all sat through the hour and a half Therefore uh, <laughs> Is we're announcing the winner of box number three Full of some lovely stuff And um, yeah, we had some good contestants But we put the names into a hat And the one that we drew out of it was <sighs> different type of drum ball small of a drum beat was Alex Mitchell yeah, yeah 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 the crowd goes wild yeah. he's running to his family yeah the hugging and kissing him yeah. pennies have been thrown on the pitch Um Yeah, congratulations, Alex. You are the winner of box number three. So, we'll be getting you in on the show soon enough because we love to have a winner's rumble to kind of delve a little bit deeper into the minds of the people that are taking the time and effort to leave a hashtag and a comment on all our posts on social media for a chance to win a wonderful box. Now, as I said, this is only episode two of box four. So, you're going to, if you feel a bit bad about missing out this time, don't worry, you're going to have more chances later on. So, Alex Mitchell will be, we will be in touch to get you your box of goodies. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you want to leave us any messages, we have Comic Box Rumble on Facebook, at Comic Box Rumble on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know what you disagree with because comic books and arts, all this sort of stuff is discussions and we want to hear from you. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>